Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. It is time to get our weekly dose of wisdom or... Uh, you're good with all, wisdom. It's all men's fault. Uh, um, uh, Barbara and Declan are here uh, once again to answer your questions. Uh, uh, nice to have the A-team back in, in the studio. And here's your first question. I'm younger than most of my peers in work, but I feel I've earned my place. I know my manager has confidence in me, but my colleagues don't. They're all at least 15 years older than me. They don't listen to my ideas or they question something I've said while accepting it when it's said by someone else later in the project. I've tried asserting myself, but I've been there for almost a year now and it's not improving. I don't want to be seen as a rat by going to my manager, but it's really making my work life hell. Any ideas on what I could do? So, Barbara, another whiny snowflake. (laughs) I Actually, when I read this, my first thought was, um, and I'm still thinking it, I wonder, is this from a man or a woman? And uh, my instinct is that this is possibly from a woman um, because that whole thing about um, where did she say when she uh, presumably at meetings they don't listen to her ideas and they question something she said while yet they will accept it when it is said by somebody else at the meeting I think a lot of women could probably identify with that mm-hmm. um, so but I wonder no, but, but she's saying it's age because I'm I saying I'm she'd know if she's, in her, if she's the only woman in the room and she'd kind of make that connection too I would have thought yeah, she would have well, pushed that button the, maybe yeah <laughs> yeah you I still think it's very likely that what she's what she's encountering is kind of reverse ageism and a dollop of sexism thrown in as well. Uh, but I might be wrong and I'd love to know whether she is a man or a woman. But regardless of whether she's a man or a woman, it's not right that she's made be, being made feel less because she's younger than her colleagues. Um, so what to do? I mean... She said that she's tried asserting herself, um, but the situation isn't improving. And again, and again, I kind of come back to the fact that if she's a woman, I think women generally find it more difficult to be assertive in a situation where they're in the minority at a meeting or something like that. Like here, Barbara, for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, What do you think, Declan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hear what she was saying. There you go. That's more of it now, yeah. But no, generally women aren't as confident. I'm, I don't include myself in this. I, um, no. I think it was the fact that I grew up with three, bro- three brothers. Um, but I think women do find it more difficult to use their voice in an assertive way or to be assertive. Because again, there's all those special words that are used for women who try to be assertive, you know, being bossy and whiny and whingy and whatever. Bitchy and... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That that you don't hear men describe. Now again, she may be a man and if she is, everything I've said is rubbish. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't misgender her you know, if she is a man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, God. <laughs> but I, what, what, what I'm trying to say is that her idea, if it is a woman, of being assertive might be actually a little bit short of actually being assertive. In other words, maybe she needs to be more assertive than however assertive she thinks she's being. And you can Mm. be assertive without being aggressive. You know, you can be assertive if you just raise your voice and are a little bit more kind of um, demanding of attention, I suppose, or demanding of being listened to without necessarily being aggressive. Um, You know, chase a response. So if you if you if you present an idea which you feel is just ignored and then somebody else produces it a few minutes later, like demand a response to your idea, even if everybody the conversation was on, you know, it's only a question saying, hang on a minute, I just mentioned whatever the idea is like what what's the reaction? What do you think? Um, So it's hard work if you've never done that if it doesn't come naturally to you um but i think to me that that's what 
he or she needs to do is to to continue to be assertive. It'll take a while um, and it'll be uncomfortable initially, but I would hope that she'll get older anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll die. In the process. Yeah, yeah. And they'll die. The and then yeah. she'll be grand. Uh, but yeah, no, I would just say stick with it and maybe ramp up the assertiveness a little bit. Yeah. I think, Declan, now it's your I turn. I don't now. actually agree with you. I think oh that often God. what happens is when people, particularly if they're the newest person into the room, they subconsciously see themselves as them and the you know uh, you know the the lead character in in the play that they're making in their head, and everybody else is them. And so the the othering that's going on here is this letter writer he or she sees everybody else at the table as peers because that's what um, their own. Um, drive and ambition and ego wants it to be. Yet, simultaneously, this letter writer is seeing everybody else as being them and they're all against me and my great ideas and my right to be here and my space on the table is all being stopped by all of them. There's no mention in this letter about how, um, other than confidence in the brilliant ideas, there's been, like, and it always shocks me how people, especially in the workplace, don't understand that a fundamental part of their role is the ability to get along with people and to negotiate with people to get your particular agenda over the line. Because if you can't do that and somebody else can, guess what? Their idea is going to happen and yours is not. They're going to get the promotion and you're not because workplaces like friendships and the world at large are about making, you know, alliances and friendship groups and that's how you get stuff to happen. Being the lone shark kind of clever person in the corner while... Are you saying they've got a bit of a chip on their shoulder it's kind of their own fault? I think that they're missing missing a trick and the trick is to work out how to influence people by making alliances. Break the, the big the the gang of them that's sitting opposite you in the meeting room into individuals and find ways to find common ground with them and make sure that they either understand your point maybe beforehand I'm going to be talking about this what do you think about this and then also have the intelligence to go making somebody else recognise your idea is is about making them see you and you can do that in so many ways it isn't just look at my brilliant PowerPoint it's about what do you think about my idea Barbara yeah that's what I was saying yeah demanding a response or and famously there was a, like women who were involved in the Obama administration yeah. talked about their what they used to do is before the meeting they would say when we talk about such and such not only am I going to bring this up but when you talk about it later you're going to remind the room that I brought this up Amplification. and and that's important, but you can't get somebody to amplify your idea and then get it heard unless you actually make the alliances beforehand. And yeah, that's but I, I think do think there is a thing. And again, I really would like to know if this was a man or a woman. And I know I'm viewing it through a kind of a, a sexist uh, lens that may be incorrect. But because of the fact, and I, I kind of agree with what you're saying in so far as that it's up to this person to build to, alliances, to build alliances and to be more assertive and to demand a response or a reaction when they present something at a meeting. But I do know from my own experience and from even my daughter's experience that women in general find that more difficult to do in a kind of public, you know, forum than men do. Um, And so it is a little bit more difficult, which is exactly why the Obama, the female Obama staffers did that, which, you know, amplifying each other's voice within the meeting. Okay, sure, Um, I agree with you. But however, there might be members of that group who might say, 
I'm not only a woman, I'm also a black woman, so I'm carrying a different form of 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 voicelessness and all that kind of stuff. That's kind of like... <laughs> Can we not just base this on the question rather than no, this made-up people? Where I'm like, but if, we have a letter here from a black woman in the Obama administration who wasn't listened to. <laughs> well, she wasn't listened to, God love her. We, we enjoyed that conversation. What I'm trying to say is, influencing friends... Uh, influencing people and making friends. Oh, there's it, a book about that. There is. That's making kind of friends. Dale yeah, Carnegie. Yeah, yeah. It's a terrible nonsense. book. Yeah. It's a terrible it? book. Yeah. We had, I remember very, being told when we were growing up. But, it's a, but it is about that because, you know, an essential part of any form of management job is being able to, to manage people. So do you, you not think there's any element, leaving the sexism out, do you not think there's any element of ageism here that if the cohort of her co-workers are generally a lot older than her, what did she say, 15, 15 years yeah. in general, do you think there is from their perspective an idea of oh, the new girl and the young girl and she, she's no experience and she, she doesn't really know what she's talking about. Yeah, do you think, think it's I all think, in her head? Or think, do you think No, no, I don't think it's all in her head but I think that the only way that you can actually uh, um, eliminate that kind of thing is, 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 to, is to to talk about the substance and yeah. not about what you feel the thing is about. Mm. There's a lot of feeling in this in this letter and there's no um, uh, there's no proof Gosh. of attempts to be made to, to build these kind of you know one-on-one communications. It's all very well to come into a room and have a, your plan for what your great idea is but if you haven't actually done a little bit of the politics beforehand you're not, you're not being very you're not being smart enough. Uh, somebody's texting to say I've experienced this I'm a man on okay. a small all-male team it's an architecture firm so it wasn't about sexism I was top of my class class in college and I might only have a few years of in-practice experience but my ideas are valid and worth hearing instead I'm spoken over and cut off uh, says this text so there's yeah, something's but there is also at the same time like okay this person earned their place but everybody else at the table has 15 years on them has 15 years more experience, experience. on them but they seem to feel that they should be regarded as an absolute equal to the people with 15 years more experience than them isn't there a isn't there a sense in any job that you kind of have to you learn on the job you can be as good as you want in college but that's college and you also have to prove yourself you yeah. also have to have a track record I don't that believe that time is the answer I don't believe that there comes a certain point when all of your experience and, and your ideas suddenly gain validity I think there are many people who are very very competent and skillful at, at a much younger age than a lot of the people who are yeah. given kind of opportunities you know and they're much older that's I don't think that's relevant I think I think it is ah, re- you know but you learn from making mistakes and if you haven't had the chance to make any mistakes then yeah, you I haven't learned that, as much yeah. so is that an argument for giving them a chance when they're younger or for telling them to no, 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 I'm not, I know absolutely give them a chance for the younger but come in on the understanding that every day is a school day you're not like a fully formed thing now yeah, you know, and I know again, it, now the 15 year old, the ones with 15 years probably don't have forgotten that. And, and it's always useful to remember it. But certainly when you're you're the youngest person in the room, you know, except they are going to be a bit down on you because you're younger. But also, you know, you're on the up ramp, they're on the off ramp sort of thing. So I think I think it's more than just your because we're assuming that everybody has actual skills. There are oftentimes meetings, the full room of people are people who don't have ideas and it's just a talking shop and people aren't very competent. I think that sometimes you can have young people who did you see that documentary about that American blagger girl who who she kind of spoofed her way into, you know, almost creating a, a foundation. Oh, on you know, Netflix. When, yeah. yeah, you 
talk about New York. And one of the things she talked about all the time was like, I'm a young person, you're not taking me seriously, I am a young person. That's very good. And mm. it was, it was really funny, but it's a real reflection of how I some don't people have, have time for this. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. I don't have yeah. time but for you. But some people have the charisma and they have the neck and the balls and the ambition and, and, and the people managing skills to be able to push their idea down So the is track. this person being a bit snowflakey, being a bit super sensitive? I think it's probably a combination of all those things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I do think that they need to realise that part of a job is dealing with people. And if you can't hone your skills with the political side of your job, you're not going to advance very far because it doesn't matter whether you are top in your class in architecture and your your all of your 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 plans were great and you got first class and everything. If you can't get them to listen to your idea, you might as well not have an idea at all. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, we do have to take a break. By the way, in case you're wondering, that um, uh, Barbara and Declan were doing uh, uh, inventing Anna impersonations there. <laughs> uh, after the break, they're going to do a scene from Downton Abbey. Back in a couple of minutes. Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. 53106 is our text number that will cost you 30 cents. Barbara and Declan are still with us. Uh, they, we've already, they're already ready discussing um, uh, a question about uh, a person who's working someplace. Uh, they say that everyone's 15 years older than them uh, and they don't listen uh, to their ideas. Uh, Laura says, for God's sake, they're only in there a year. They'll need to spend time demonstrating their ability. They don't have a right to respect. They earn it, uh, uh, says Laura. Yeah. Anyway, here's the next question. I'm with my girlfriend for about 18 months and I recently realised she's the one. They put that in capital T, capital O. However, she comes with a massive inner city Dublin family (laughs) who are always together. Think six siblings, their partners and ever-presence aunties and uncles. They are loud, (coughs) blunt, sweary. And every time we're in their company, there's rake loads of drink and there's always a blazing route. That sounds great, I must say. Uh, She used to warn me about them in the early days. But now that I've been to a few occasions, I think she thinks I've accepted this is who or stroke how they are. And I'm comfortable with it. I'm not comfortable. Should I start to find ways of just not going to their family events? I worry about future Christmases, anniversaries, etc. when I'm expected to be there. But honestly, I dread being around them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, Look, I'm going to start off by saying that, you know, you're in under no real obligation to kind of enmesh yourself into the lives of your your partner's families. However, obviously, it's difficult to, to not do that without either coming across as a bit of a snob or a bit of a kind of um, antisocial so-and-so. I think the thing that bothers me about is the way that he's describing, well, what is it exactly is the problem with the other family? That they're, that they're they do, as you said, they sound kind of fun. They're loud and blunt and sweary and every time there's a rake loads of drinks and maybe a, a, a fight at the end. Um, sure, that might be not what you're used to, but yeah. similar, similarly, if you're from a different culture, you would be expected to, to bridge over if it was like my family are from India or, you yeah. know, Thailand or whatever. You know, you wouldn't be so dismissive of the bridge in the gap between the cultures. I understand that parts of it you might think are socially unacceptable to you. Similarly, that might apply to stuff they do in other countries as well. So I think that what you need to do is to realise what is important. When it comes down to it, really, what is at risk here isn't your comfort. It's about the general kind of peace and goodwill and harmony. And often peace and goodwill and harmony require kind of compromises to be made. Whether that compromise is that you're there with them sometimes, 
or whether you, you know, you, you only go to certain kind of events or you excuse yourself before the blazing round and the drinking starts or whatever it is. You need to work out a way to make that work. But coming into the situation with this kind of judgmental attitude that their culture is wrong and your comfort is the most important thing to centre, I think is, isn't isn't kind of cool to me. I think that's a bit kind of short The other thing that I thought was interesting is the second line where he describes where they live and I don't really understand yeah, what that's yeah. got to do with anything and yeah, I think well, there is a your, lot of judgy going it's on. It's snobbishness, yeah. yeah. Uh, which isn't... Uh, is a, but I, I actually agree with you. I think that probably the, the only problem here is that this is not what this person is used to. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously it comes from a different kind of family where it's all very quiet and, you know, there's not that They're much middle drinking. middle class. There's That's not that much swearing. No, not They're necessarily. I mean, you know, I know lots of middle class people who are exactly like this. Um, do you though? I do know some. <laughs> yes, I do. Um, and I often think as well with families, <laughs> um, I often think that families who kind of wear all their for the want of a better word, dysfunction on the outside mm, yeah. are in a lot of ways saner and more mm, yeah. together mm. than the ones who bury it all underneath yeah, the veneer but I must say, yeah, of I'm guessing this, that these are like a big family and they're very family and oriented. They're all, yeah, and they're all raucous. And, mm. I, and I would imagine none of it actually means a whole lot. Yeah. You know, if he was telling me, oh, there was a big <laughs> round, the family fell out and now this person doesn't talk to that mm. person and they haven't seen. But that's not, they come together, they have a lot of drink, they curse, they're loud, they have a row and then it's all forgotten about. And it's making him uncomfortable. And I have, a, I would... Yeah, I would be fairly sure there's a lot of judgy about that. There's a lot of like, that's not really a way to behave. You should behave in a different manner, um, which is nonsense. And, uh, you know, it's like, completely snobbishness and yeah, it's rude it in kind a of fake of social constructs. And, yeah, a huge bang yeah. of snobby off this. Um, and, you know, what I would say to him is that, you, you know, he, he talks about he's worried about Christmases and anniversaries and all the rest of it. You know, it'll be a couple of times a year that he mm. has to be socialising with her. And remember, she's part of that family. They're not something out there. You know, if this girl is the one or woman is the one, this is her family. And, you know, all of us who are in long term relationships, you know, you have the person and then their family is usually in the wings somewhere. So you can't, I don't think, decide, well, you know what, I'm not having anything to do with your family because they make me feel uncomfortable and I don't like it. Um, so that I don't think that's an option. But, you know, it's surely not a big problem to be a bit discomforted a couple of times a year. <laughs> Will um, you be able to get away with that? Because they, they sound like they, they meet together, together regularly and they'll be saying, uh, you know, I can't do the accent. You can probably do it. We can. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, we wouldn't use the uh, you know, where's Algernon? He never comes around with you. <laughs> <laughs> so and that then, might become an issue, you yeah, know, because yeah. you kind of marry into a family a bit as you well. You do marry into a family. I mean, you know, I don't, I think it's healthy if you, when you do marry into a family that you don't get totally enmeshed in any family regardless of yeah, whatever true. because you'll be pulled and dragged in all kinds of ways. And, well, Want that and that's what they want. They want to actually have a family f- away from their other family, and they love all that kind yeah. of stuff. And other people are a little bit more um, soul trader about the whole. I thing. wonder if this family though are as out there and as blunt um, uh, <laughs> as he describes them. Mm. Are they slagging him? Like you know what I mean in the company? Yeah. Ah, Jesus Algeron, you know you're just all stuck up, and you're this, and you're that, and you're the other. Um, and maybe that's what's making him feel uncomfortable. Uh, but like, yeah, I, was, I, mean, I was serious when I was saying that it is like it's a cultural difference and that's what you're dealing with at Essence because unless like abusing a bit of bad language it's a cultural difference it is though it's like it's a gap it's a culture gap it's like their subculture behaves in a different way from his subculture so the difference is making him uneasy but it's actually his reluctance to kind of be but is it not just different personality is it a cultural thing well whatever 
I'm sorry if that's too sociological for you, Barbara, but yeah, I'm going to leave it with that. I think. <laughs> Come on, key question here now. I mean, other than, because it, it, does he say this to the girlfriend? And I'd say so, she knows. What does he say to the girlfriend? Just, I mean, I'd say it's quite... I'd say, you see, know, the girlfriend could be hoping, you know, they're only together 18 months. He's recently realised she's the one. She's recently realised he's the one, let's assume. So she's took maybe... Took 18 months to realise yeah. she's the one. What's but, going on there? But may, maybe he couldn't understand her no, thick Dublin accent. One. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, uh, that, so, but, but now that this has happened, she's maybe hoping that, you know, he'll become a bit more enmeshed in her family he because her family could, are very important to her. He could probably do with being a little bit less yeah you know kind of I'm trying to think of something that's not rude you know like vanilla yeah thank yeah. you and a bit kind of up himself he needs to be a little bit more chill about all of this like he's overthinking this I think, I think this again it always, right. it's all down to the expectations people have an idea of what they think things are supposed to be life is very rarely matches up to the kind of you know the, the, the stereotypical yeah. this is that and the other and actually the, the bits that you kind of dislike about the, the family might be the bits that make it easier to deal with them in the long absolutely, term absolutely because everything's you know, on the table you know, and everything's and on the say, surface I'm going before the fight yeah. starts ha 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 it's, all, it's actually much more difficult to deal with a group or a family or whatever where everything is slightly underground and you're picking yeah. up yeah. you're yeah. picking up vibes but you don't yeah. really know what's going on so mm. you know he needs to just get over himself and once I he gets used to it I think I, you know a lot of that kind of the alien side of it will disappear and he'll feel more comfortable absolutely and he might start swearing himself he might and I think he, that would do him the power of good okay so in front of the mirror a few F's and blinds <laughs> yeah, every like, day yeah, you know to the mirror, you bit <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Can you do that in a Dublin accent? Well, we, had, we had a baby girl two years ago and after we had exhausted the maternity, paternity, parental benefits, I opted to stay at home and mind our daughter rather than put her into crash immediately. We had always planned that I would return to work in summer 2022, but I didn't really want to. I enjoy my time with my daughter. I run the household for the most part, laundry, daily cleaning, cooking the weekday meals, etc. And I am happier. However... It's putting a financial strain on us and my wife says she feels like she's carrying the weight of everything. My wife wants us to lean on our mothers or aunties to mind our little girl, but I think that's unfair. When we talk about it, it ends up in a row. Should I just suck it up and go back to work? And this mm. is from a dad, just to yeah. be clear. Yes. Yeah. I love the fact that this is from a dad. Yeah. Um, and, I, I, and, and I love the letter because I totally get where he's coming from. I was in exactly the same situation, took what was meant to be a year out when kids were small and ended up uh, 10 years outside of paid work outside the home um, and it exactly I found it exactly as he describes it I loved it and I was happier and because I was happier uh, I felt our family life was was had improved in quality it is really difficult and it's one of the things that absolutely melts my head about the way things are organised nowadays is when you have young kids and they've only won when you have young kids and both both of you are working and working long hours and possibly commuting and all the stuff that he is doing during the day that he describes there. He's doing the meals and the cleaning and the washing and all the rest of the laundry. That all gets stuffed into like the weekends and stuffed into the evenings, which means the time that should be your leisure time and should be your quality time to hang together as a family is is completely exploited by having to do all this other stuff. So, like, I think what he's what he's the point he's making is a really important point. What really interests me, though, is why... Because, again, I know when I did it, my husband was delighted with the fact that the house ran way more smoothly than it did when we were both meeting each other coming backwards. And he got like, you know, home cooked meals 
before 10 o'clock at night, which was, you know, great. Um, so I, what really interests me here is when he says that the wife uh, feels that she's carrying the weight of everything. I would have thought... Financially, I'm, I'm assuming. Maybe it's just financially, yeah. but surely if, you know, both of them were running, you know, at quite... Well, they haven't yet because he hasn't gone back to work. Yeah. You know, when they're both at work... That was when I felt, both of us felt we had a huge amount of pressure in trying to do everything. Um, So I'm wondering, is it the financial burden that she, because I know that's a big thing as well. And I think, you know, that doesn't get talked about either. It is, it is a big thing. But is is there a little bit of jealousy? Would she like to be at home with the kids? I'm wondering. And, and she's feeling that too. She's yeah. feeling maybe she's not having the option here that yeah. now he took the time and now he's kind of in that seat and she's going, get out of the seat. I want to go with that. Mm. So, you know, again, as we often say, they really need to have a sit down, open and frank conversation. Not about who's going to mind the kids because that's a red herring with the, the, the aunties and the grannies or whatever they're talked about. But about how they want their lives to be on a day to day basis. Um, and an open and frank and honest conversation. And then the final thing I'll say is there is a clear solution to this and that is have another baby because that's when it'll all become the financial thing won't be an issue anymore because <laughs> staying at home will probably be cheaper than having two of them in daycare. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's I think I think it's really interesting. And I think uh, I'm delighted that he's happy doing what he's doing and that I, I feel that with a conversation, they should be able to work it out so that they both benefit. I, I, I did pick up on the, the potential for the, the, the mother to, to feel like that she's missing out on some time with, with the, the, the kid that he's getting to have when he stays at home. I did think about the, 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 another child and I wondered how that might actually work because if she's the breadwinner and she's working yeah. outside of the home, there's just the actual kind of, there'd have to be some kind of a, a switcheroo I, I presume she gets maternity leave oh, but, yeah. then, but then the, what happens at the end of that and, and, and well maternity just, leave is paid so that shouldn't affect sure, financially no, but, when that's, but it's it's paid for a lot, of people, a lot of people try to extend it because yeah. it doesn't feel like it's long enough um, and I wonder how that would work and the mechanics of that and is there is there something going on there that there's a kind of a I, I don't know but it feels to me like the scenario is is that he's in a situation where he he feels comfortable yeah. and it's manageable for him. Yeah. I don't know what kind of work the wife is going to go to do outside and how much time she's away from the home and what would be required of her in in order to sustain this and is that actually manageable there as well. So it seems like they're not actually having the conversation about about the right thing. It, it, and yeah, they are getting diverted I think into, you know, kind of who's going to how could we get the kid look the baby at the moment looked after, you know, without it being maybe as expensive as going into a crash. Um, and I think that's a red herring. I don't think that's the problem. I think the problem is that he wants to stay at home and continue doing what he's doing. And she's not as enthusiastic about that. And I mean, you know, again, it speaks to the fact that the other thing that that and this is why I love that this is from a man is that society in general places no value at all on the work of running a home or caring mm-hmm. um, and it is a huge issue um, and you know I saw it when I was out in Australia with my daughter and her husband they're both working two small kids and it was like me whizzing back in time and I, you know I was nearly getting kind of you know post-traumatic stress mm, disorder really watching, ash, yeah. <laughs> watching it going oh my god like it really is tough when your kids are small it's really tough oh no it's really tough plus also I, I'm, I'm guessing the woman because of the way things are supposed to be in inverted commas, she's feeling crushing guilt because of this. That's, and, but you see, I think a lot of women, and again, this kind of is going to sound anti-feminist and a bit sexist. 
in my experience, a lot of women who have small children and are working full time feel that anyway, regardless of yeah. whether the husband is where is at home mm-hmm. or whoever's yeah. at home. I think a lot of women feel that. And perhaps that is the reason why she wants him to go back to work. You know what I mean? That she mm. is feeling a little bit like, well, he's doing that and I really want to do that. So I think they do need to have an open and honest conversation. And even if he continues and then if they have another child, they look at it again. And but I mean, finance has to come into it as well, obviously, because to, you have to have pay he, the mortgage uh, and you have to put food in the table. And the difference that it would make for, I mean, I don't know what the guy does and what, what, yeah. what kind of financial contribution that would mean in, in, in real terms to the family if he was to go back to work and they were a two income family. Yeah. Whether, whether it would be a massive jump in their family finances which would mean I doubt if it'll be a massive jump if the fact that he's at home at the moment and they're managing um, yeah you know and I do think that there is the, the mistake we make and we nearly made this mistake as well is kind of just looking at financially because for one person to stay at home it usually is going to be a financial hit hit yeah but when we did it and because my husband is self-employed when we two and crash and when we took that out and the fact that he then got all the tax free allowances, it actually worked out. It wasn't as big a hit as in our heads we had thought it was going to mm. be. So it is wor- it really takes a lot of honesty and a lot of kind of sitting down and working it out. Yeah. The quality of life is really important. Absolutely. And just going back to the question about the, uh, the, the f- future in-laws, the inner city in-laws. A lot of comments on that. I just want to read out two of them. <laughs> One person says, I can't believe what I'm hearing. Oh. That man is not a snob to not want to hang out with his scummy in-laws. <laughs> Where oh, they come from scummy. doesn't matter, but they sound awful. <laughs> if they have children, is that the kind of behaviour he wants them exposed to? I'd hope not. I would hope not. Says this person. Yeah, uh, though uh, Eugene says, coincidentally, my niece has recently brought her new boyfriend to some family dues. She says he's the one, but honestly, he's quite the snob. Very touty. <laughs> Uh, tightly wound never buys us round won't join in with karaoke hardly ever comes to bingo what should we do? (laughs) Perhaps not the one Barbara and Declan thank you both very much as ever you are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk we're going to take a break after that white people are like birds Moncrief brought to you by Avant Money think you're getting the best value from your bank think again weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.